0: I'm stoned as fuck and this is CFR Network <laughs> <laughs> Is
1: that good? Yeah John. Yeah First thing I have to say is, why do we exist? Is it God or is it to be God's or is it to be rich? Are you sure? Is it to be poor? Is it to be wealthy? To be pure? or something to endure? Or do you live to be deadly? Or do you have the conscience to see through all of the nonsense and when they ask how you feel, it's hard not to be honest? Or do you live to conquer? Kill any imposter who tries to stop what you're plotting, no matter what you will prosper? Or do you think you're heaven sent? Well, please show me the evidence of this claim that you represent. Do you suffer from selfishness? Do you know what direction you're going? Are you a perfectionist? Are you here? to play ball cause you make it look so effortless are you the next president are you here to destroy are you here to create are you here to avoid are you here to relate are you here to be the voice of the people to teach and show them that they have a choice or are you just a demon here to deceive the people Even is what you feed them as long as you continue breathing are you here to spend this Jesus cause you had one all your life and you feel that the life that you live is out of spite are you here to do what's right do you question what's right and wrong I question it all people until the questions are gone with that said when I'm dead off tower questions are to answered, like, is there a curve for AIDS or is there a curve for cancer? You believe in the law, but the law damned you. Cause it brought you in the world that doesn't understand you. They commend you.
2: Hey. CFR Network, CFR News. Good day, good night, all. Trust everybody is well Returning guests by popular demand The one and only Chaz of the Dead Welcome, bonjour senor, how are
3: we? I'm awesome, thanks for having me back It's good to be here
2: Most definitely, most definitely Cooler weather in in the sunny UK at the moment So it's it's not record break, quote unquote To record breaking temperatures As (laughs) the media has been putting it out well, yeah, good to be here. Glad we can have this um this uh, part two of a sit down, and uh interested in unpacking a little bit more of your journey, and obviously then uh segue into some other um some other news and bits and pieces.
3: Hell yeah, yeah. I think we were talking about a couple of things
2: uh, <laughs> pre
3: show. <laughs> <laughs> <can> get into
2: <laughs> most deaf So let's let's concentrate on you, Senor. Let's concentrate on your epic and still evolving journey.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, before there was a chance of Dead, you know, like what what were you do? What was your interest like? What were you kicking about doing? And what then led you into this realm of research and study that you're in?
3: <laughs> well, Chaz of the dad's always kind of been been hanging out with me, I like to think. <laughs> uh, but my my interest in the paranormal and and you know, investigating the the unexplained. It did it really started at a young age. Um I had a, a strange experience one night. Um I my, my parents had built these bunk beds on top of my older brother's bed and so he got the top bunk. And I moved into this room and was sleeping on the bottom bunk. Um And I was young, maybe like nine, around there, eight, nine, ten, that Mm -hmm. kind of range. Um, And one night I fell out of the bed, um, you know, new sleeping environment, as you do. Mm -hmm. And when I woke up on the ground, I saw this pair of red eyes um, staring back at me from underneath the the bed. And it was kind of almost like a Halloween graphic. Like, really, the way I remember it, almost cheesy, you know what I mean? like kind of pointed off into the direction, almost as if, as if they were on fire on the edges. Okay. Um, and, you know, being a kid, I hop back into the bed and put the blanket over my head. Boom, safe, <laughs> you know, that's classic kid logic. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> you know, I waited out till the morning and when um, the sun comes up, I, I get out of bed and I'm young, but I'm rational. So I start digging for stuff underneath the bed. I start cleaning out under the bed. Which, of course, is a very bizarre thing for a child to do. Exactly. Especially at that uh, <laughs> age. Um, and I'm looking for anything electric, right? Anything that has like a light source. Yes. Uh, maybe even just a, a red power button would have been enough to be like, okay, it was fake. I must have just saw that and I could write it up. Um, But my older brother, he's coming down the ladder of the bunk bed and he sees what I'm doing. And without me prompting or saying anything, he asks if I had seen the red eyes too. Because um, he had very similar experience a few months prior when he was sleeping on that bed, um, and for me that was kind of the like aha moment where I was like, oh shit, mm-hmm. you know, there there are things in this world we can't explain. Like even if that was just a shared dream, yes, you know, f- science can't explain that. Not all. So we mm-hmm. still don't understand what mechanism would would possibly allow people. To just share dreams, um, and so that was kind of the start of uh, what became a fascination. And you know, I started getting every book in the the library and stuff like that. And I had kind of already been interested. I have a very distinct memory of a uh, like four kids Bermuda Triangle book. I used okay. to I used to rent it over and or <laughs> check it out yeah. over and over again at the the library. <laughs> So I guess uh,
2: as well, you must have been really interested in the the mystery films and the horror films and all that kind of stuff that was proliferating the the airways at that kind of period as well.
3: Oh yeah, absolutely. It's still to this day, I'm a, a horror movie fanatic. I pretty much ex- that's exclusively the kind of movies I watch. You can get me to watch maybe like a crime movie yeah. here or there, maybe a shoot 'em up, but um i'm i'm not going to the theater unless it's a a good horror movie with good reviews too man they're hard to find these days thank (laughs) you for
0: saying
2: that i'm glad you said that because me and the Empress sit down i think it was what we in july i think it was april and we were like on the weekends. let's try and find a nice horror that we can watch something new and we were sat there for about an hour just watching oh, the yeah. trailers, like the you know, the, the little trailer kind of thing. And we're like, Whoop, this isn't even I wouldn't class this as a horror. This is a slasher. This is yeah. like a, a you know, a jumper kind of thing. This isn't like your good old fashioned horror with some suspense to it and some mm. story to it kind of thing.
3: Yeah, yeah, no, it's hard up finding even like the good directors. Haven't been really releasing much good stuff lately. There's been a couple of letdowns um, recently where I was really excited to see a movie and then it was like, oh. Oof. Um
2: What's your thoughts I, on the uh, the Halloween, the last Halloween that came out?
3: Um that one I, I <laughs> actually I don't think I've seen that one yet. You I did do. like the new Texas Chainsaw one. I do like some of the The, the reboots. The reboots um, yes. on the big Saw fan. I don't know if you saw the Chris Rock Saw movie, Samuel L. Jackson. No. 10 out of 10. Seriously. Was so oh, oh yes. They did one. It's called Jigsaw. And it's kind of like a spin-off. There's like a copycat killer. They oh shit, no, boys. no.
2: I have seen it. Jigsaw, yes indeed. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, yeah I like that one a lot. My only
2: criticism with that film.
3: It needed more torture.
2: Yes. <laughs>
3: apart from that,
2: apart from that, no, more, more in regards to Mr. Rock, Chris Rock himself. I think his character, I think they they wrote that character for another person. Hey, yeah, man, don't hit that too hard, man. Don't hit that too <laughs> hard.
3: I hit the mute button. No one heard <laughs> that. Oh, good. Oh, good.
0: <laughs>
2: it happens, man. It happens. Good old Mary. Um, <laughs> I think they, they the the role was just too aggressive for him. He was yeah. trying a bit too
1: hard to be oh, like... Oh, yeah. Rrr. He didn't
3: nail it. He didn't nail it. But it, it, it was actually his... Um, It was kind of his baby. He apparently was a big Saw ah. fan. And like took it upon himself to, to it was pick good. it back up.
2: No, no. I rate it. I do rate that film. I'm glad you actually mentioned that. Because I, I watched it and I thought, that was really good. But that sticking point in my head was... Chris, you was just trying a bit too hard, man. You should have yeah, just, like,
3: was. <laughs> stepped
2: it down a little notch, and that would have been, a, I would say that would have been a 9 out of 10 film.
3: Yeah, he was close. He's just not not that convincing as the, like, car, the yeah. bad cop. <laughs> this is, it.
0: Oh, this he's, is he, it.
2: He's
3: more Chris Tucker than he wants to admit. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Mr. Tucker? Yeah, and he's disappeared off the scene. Totally, obviously, he does a totally uh-huh. different genre, but a very funny <laughs> character. And, like,
3: where in the F is he gone? I think he was one of those ones who got blacklisted. Um, Brendan Fraser, too. There were a couple dudes yeah. who didn't want to, like, do some sexual shit. Mm. And then they were just not in movies anymore. <laughs> it it
2: certainly is you know we grew up with you know watching certain characters on films and tv series and stuff and all of a sudden now it's like where are half of them gone (laughs) and the the really talented and funny ones it's like wait you've got these guys here
3: yeah no it's it's interesting it's we're in the internet I think done a lot to kind of expose that because you know before and especially in the paranormal community um before you kind of just like you know whoever knew a hollywood producer was like the guy on tv and the guy with the the most views and shit but now you've got you know independent creators on fucking youtube and you know kids doing the ghost hunting shit and they're getting more views than ghost adventures is you know on fucking tv and so it, it kind of as i think Made us realize that some of the people we thought were talented yeah. aren't really fucking talented.
2: <laughs> it does make you think, actually. You know what? And also, as you say with the with the internet and and YouTube and stuff, it's really giving people a, a, a wait a minute, I can do this myself. Yeah, like, I'm interested in this stuff. I've been reading. Rese- I've been buying all these books. I've been attending the lectures and stuff all I need is is maybe spending like a grand on a little bit of equipment and stuff. I can do mm. my own stuff and create better content and, and maybe not so much better content, but more content, which is relatable to the newer generation or a segment, because as we know, there's yeah. very much niches within the paranormal community and stuff. So oh,
3: yeah,
2: I, th- it, I think it's wonderful, but at the same time, it's a little dangerous of sorts with people with their fantastical stories
3: yeah <laughs> uh, and yeah it's it's a, a thing you see a lot nowadays where there's a lot of people who like start out and they um there's what's oh, i'm forgetting his name it's the devil's den abductions though it's been covered by a couple recent podcasts um and, and it's because the guy came out with a second book recently And the first book was a very convincing, very accurate description of the abduction experience. It seemed like this guy who had a very genuine um, alien abduction down, you know, he he either is into it the level I'm into it, which isn't impossible. It's You know, a decade's worth of research went Mm. into it. Or he did have some kind of genuine experience. In this second ex- book, he's talking about uh, all the connections he's made since this first book. And he has this woman in his ear who's all aboard the new age stuff. Oh. And this second book is wacky. I, I, it's so wacky that no one rational is going to believe the first book anymore. You know what I mean? <laughs> like the, the claims are so out there. And that's something that happens again and again and again in the past. (laughs) Um, And it's, you know, logic, we always chalk it up to, well, they wanted to make, they wanted to keep selling books (laughs) and selling shit, so they made the story more interesting. You gotta, you know, keep it fresh.
2: Um, That's the mistake that many people can make. Well, with this particular person you're talking about, did they do the classical... Trying to make too many ties and bonds with many different types of phenomenon into the one book.
3: Well, it's more. It more gets into those kind of like exopolitics and like the reptilians versus the Pleiadians, and
0: um, yeah.
3: Every time you get to that, it's just you. You lost I mean, the plot man totally like
2: because <laughs> there's again there's a whole sub of that uh, uh, and there's massive channels mm. of people saying yes i've been abducted or, 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 or i'm incarnated the, oh, yeah. the spirit of, of of the palladium general so-and-so Zog."
3: <laughs> it's it's massively popular you can make a, a whole career being a yes man to that that echo chamber um And, you know, on some of my weaker days, I'm like, fuck, I should just start peddling that. Nonsense. The temptation
2: <laughs> because, is a massive know, temptation, it's... isn't there?
3: Oh, man. It's because they, they sell so many books and shit. And it just baffles you when, you, you know, it's clearly a uh, fantasy. And, um, you know, there is a blurred line there. I do want to yeah. admit that, though, because I do think there are the, the people who genuinely experience the phenomenon, it's, it's like, um, and I wrote about this in my first book at length. It's essentially having a paranormal experience is equal in many ways to having a super intense psychedelic experience. Mm. And it seems the long-term ramifications of that remain true. And, um, you know, if you have a bad trip, you have a negative, you know, abduction experience, yeah. you're going to be t- a terrified. It's almost a PTSD spawning event. Mm-hmm. Um, in many cases, it, it does seem to be uh, that. And on the flip side, you have a lot of these people who have that kind of one with the universe yeah. and this higher sign and again that's the most common feeling people get under psychedelics right if mm-hmm. you've ever tried one you know that like oh man we're just part we're just one wheel in the cosmic clock that is
0: yeah. the universe.
3: like everyone yeah. knows that 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 kind of universal mm-hmm. feeling and again, those are the reactions people tend to have to paranormal phenomenon. Do
2: you um, think, that, just, just to pause you on that point, it's just come to me, but do you think based upon the foundational knowledge base in regards to what the, the sensations and what the trip is, that you're almost subconsciously programmed to once you then take that, you're either going to be, as you say, terrified because you've already oh you've met so many people I've had uh, I had a terrible experience with it and then on the other side I had a wonderful experience I felt
3: so connected
2: not just to the planet yeah. not just to people I hear this so so frequently mm-hmm.
3: to everything yeah the oneness with the universe this is
2: it yeah so it's mm-hmm. almost like it is is it subconsciously sort of built in so when you are in that suggested of sorts states that you could actually these memories are going to come to the forefront more. Actually, yeah, this is the feeling. Oh, okay, yeah. Someone told me about this.
3: <laughs> yeah, so it's it's certainly, you know, if you take a serious look at, you know, the phenomenon on a whole, not just UFOs, ghosts, mm-hmm. Bigfoot, but if you look at all of them in, in this kind of big picture, the commonalities are... There, there is, it, it has something to do with our consciousness, yes. right? There's this consciousness element, um, this psychedelic element. The skeptics would call it a hallucinatory element and just throw it, they throw the whole thing out. But they, then they are ignoring all of the physical evidence that's left behind by these events. I mean, ghosts, quote unquote, ghosts, whatever yeah. they are, yeah. they move things, right? Yes. Out of locked doors, this, they um perform these these things that are essentially impossible in our understood
2: supernatural as some would say
3: yeah ufos they leave scorch marks they leave burns indentations radiation poisoning Mm and some of the extreme cases um abductees sometimes come back with these implants these unexplainable clearly manufactured pieces of of, you know material Mm -hmm. um they're always like, well, those materials didn't come from, they don't look like they're from space. So <laughs> and like, it, it's just metal. Well, it's, yeah, it's a weird piece of metal though. And it's inside yeah, of them. And yeah. You still can't explain that. Um,
2: In multiple and, different sites, depending on the, the, the abductee as well, isn't it?
3: Right. Yeah. And, and you uh, most commonly it's, you know, in one X-ray and then they have an abduction experience and then it's gone in the next. Mm -hmm. Um, there's some great research by Dr. Roger Lear who was able to remove a lot of these implants from certain, uh, individuals. And the photos are just weird. I mean, they speak for themselves. You, You can read the debunkings, but then you can see the photo of the guy, I pulled this out of this guy's body and you're like, well, fuck, that's clearly that it's a thing. It's, it's a certainly, foreign
2: object, right? Yeah, it's
3: not like he stepped on a rusty nail. Like it's not a piece of glass. Like that's clearly a whole thing, and it was deeply embedded in them. And so, again, you have these physical evidence. So I tend to think it's again somewhere between these two truths that they're aliens from a different planet abducting people, and it's all just a hallucination it seems to be if you're looking at it objectively it seems to be somewhere between those two things like it's clearly not aliens from a different planet they're not here to like take over and invade like independence day or they they would have done it they would have been done (laughs) there's there's no secret war between the reptilians and you know under the desert in the fucking Mojave <laughs> versus the fucking Nordic aliens yeah. who are based out of Patagonia cuz yes. of a friendship by the book. Um, <laughs> but all that stuff is is you know it's way far past conjecture. It's it's you know it's fun stories. It is
2: it's, it really it's
3: a is little, gone and so that was the point i was i think i was trying to originally get at was so we know the paranormal experience has this psychedelic side effect in the short term
0: Mm -hmm.
3: most likely it has that side effect though in the long term and what i mean by that is we all know if you you hang out well let me say this if you're from florida (laughs) like i am You know someone who's done a little too much of DMT, uh, psychedelic, whatever it is, they've done too much. And yeah. it's it's there's something you can almost see in their face. Yeah. You know, I can meet a new person and, you know, I know the signs that yes. they, they've gone a little too far, that they, they've looked through the looking glass a little too long <laughs> and they're just, it's it's had this permanent effect. Yeah. So that might be happening with these these experiencers. Their stories might be getting crazier because they 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 are physically chemically crazier. Yeah. <laughs> there there's a, a correlation, perhaps. Um, you know, it it would be hard to convince. I think people to sign up for those long term studies, especially the new agey people who want to believe the experience is completely positive. You know if you start showing yeah. them brain scans that no, your brain's actually very different now than it was that this might it, ruin because it, the narrative
2: totally and as you say in regards to the brain scans it, it, depending on the, the, the subjects, you can see parts of the brain that aren't normally utilized mm-hmm. in full dance modes <laughs> mm-hmm. you know like yeah. is that a good thing is that a, a bad well, thing
3: there's been scientific studies on this, um, and I don't know the exact studies. I'm citing Dr. Jeffrey Mishlove's Encyclopedia of Consciousness, um, where he gets into this. Uh, but there's been actual scientific studies of people having, like, religious um, and near-death events, and they study, you know, the brainwaves and yes. things like that. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it shows all of this crazy brainwaves. And the Mishlove's point in regaling this was when they showed this information to skeptics, they were like, yeah, of course. It's just, that's the near-death experience. It's just the brain doing all of this crazy stuff. When they showed it to nuns, they were like, oh, well, yeah, that's proof that God exists. It's proof that God is manifesting inside of us. Like, that's amazing. I can't believe you proved God is real. And so I think that, comes down that right there i don't know what you call that yeah whatever when a piece of evidence is used for both arguments
2: arguments. it's it it's it's subjectual at that point (laughs) Uh,
3: yeah it's that fills the paranormal it's completely filled with stuff like that where Mm -hmm. you know we'll look at one thing and the two groups will both read it as evidence for their arguments. It's really hard to find that objective like well here's what here's what it is. You know, best I can tell and that's yeah. that's what I've been trying to do and that's uh, again that's why I like to avoid things like exopolitics cuz what what you do is you um start with like at the top right yeah. you've got this top down mm-hmm. you just find and pick and you make everything fit that mold.
2: Totally. And then,
3: the, you just gotta be history. honest,
2: as you say. You've just gotta be honest with the information, you know. And if you're yeah. if you if you're providing your 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 hypothesis, that's what it is, you know. I may be wrong, but based upon what I've looked at, this is right. where it's taking me.
3: Yeah, and if, I think if you look at it objectively, you consider the skeptical and the believer arguments. You consume both the things. Again, you land somewhere in that in between of. It has something to do with consciousness in our brains. Mm. Um, and again, it can't be just explained away, though, as brain activity, because if you look at the other side seriously, there are people who dedicated their lives, just like the scientists on the other side, Indeed. to finding these strange and unexplainable artifacts, if you want to call yeah. them that, because, I, you know, I think they're more artifacts in reality i don't like the, the glitch in the matrix is a little overplayed mm. but it's again it's this weird broken piece of our understanding of reality what and go through
2: continue, continue last thought sorry.
3: and well it, it's just you know when we see shit like that in a video game, we see like a weird glitch or whatever. We're mm-hmm. like, huh, that's weird. But if a programmer sees it, they'd be like, oh, well, here's what, the fucking one and the zero yeah. got swapped. And, you know, they, they'd explain it and see that's how that happened. The lens. And so again, it proves that there is a way To understand it Mm -hmm, Uh, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and that's what the investigation and the research is about is finding these avenues of of understanding
2: that is indeed it. what are your thoughts on the um the crystal skull phenomenon
3: uh
2: you've been now in that in that uh, region haven't you
3: yeah yeah i've I've done a, a couple of adventures in uh latin america <laughs> central central and south um i've seen some good crystal sh- skulls in tourist shops <laughs> A bit you have uh, uh they're, they're they're around um i again i think that's one that is the the story um kind of creates the phenomenon and i think that happens a lot of times mm-hmm. um, you know you, we probably got into this last episode but the idea of like tulpas and egregores yeah and thought forms mm-hmm. that you know we create these entities there's a lot of like solid research into that concept the philip experiment there's been recreations of that even simple seance stuff seems to be just you know manifested manifestations of that same kind of Tupac <laughs> phenomenon. Um, and so when you create a really good story and it creates this possibility, this yeah. what-if scenario, uh, I think it might kickstart. It might be the first piece of starting the psychedelic experience that leads to the manifestation of phenomenon. In the um, physical. yeah. You know, the stories we you know we hear stories every day and we picture them in our heads and it's such a common experience we don't really recognize that that itself yeah is a trip like you're I, i'm telling a story if you have pictured it in your head then this you, is it you're not. yeah you're you're tripping a little bit and that's the basis of magic and occultism and and a ton of shit Um,
2: language itself, if we we take that element away from it and just look at it as language, language, we're utilizing, we're conversing, using American English and English, but ultimately those words conjure images, pictures, moving images, and all the rest of it whilst we're talking. So, you know, and and as you say, that's the the magic, that's the esoteric side of it.
3: Mm -hmm. That's one of the, the earliest hallucinatory drugs known to man right storytelling yeah it's we see it in the cave walls from you know hundreds of thousands of years ago drawings of of animals stories being told yes um and it seems that that seems to be one of those crucial parts keys to manifesting this phenomenon so if you you have a good story you have this belief system starts to spring up. Yes. Then absolutely I think maybe a crystal skull could have, you know, it could be a um I think it's a damn good one, actually, a container for your tulpa. Um I myself I have a Naganga, which is um a Cuban um South American. It's popular in Venezuela, this tradition of it's just basically a pot filled with graveyard dirt and various items of significance it's kind of like an altar but you just i was
2: just going to describe it as an altar yeah Okay.
3: Uh, right it's kind of like a a dirty altar and again the idea is that you you put this consciousness in it and the the term it comes from um originally from cuba from african slaves mixing with the native populations
0: uh-huh. uh,
3: because a naganga in um parts of southern africa is a witch doctor it's the the yes. local term it's the equivalent mm-hmm. but in the the american practice it's the name of the the pot but it's the source of the power yes. for the witch doctor and you know so you meditate on it and you kind of put your your intentions, intentions and,
2: this, and thoughts, yes. Like
3: third party little guy, and supposedly it can, you know, then like go out and do missions for you and shit.
2: Almost uh, almost like the 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 golem. Um
3: and yeah in and, and the Jewish tradition. Yeah. Out of play. Um yeah it's it's something that pops up again and again. And Tulpa the term comes from Tibetan mythology. Um it's a supposed practice of you know some of these monks who live in the remote reaches yeah. of the the uh, mountains are able to create these you know like mirror images or shadow whatever you know what what do they call it in uh, jojo's bizarre adventure uh stands or whatever yeah. where they, like fight for them and shit like that yes um and that's where where the term comes from originally so you do see it throughout occult traditions this belief in our ability to to manifest things like that, and that's again one of the reasons where if you're looking at the phenomenon objectively, the fact that that appears cross culturally exactly. would be a, an indicator that that's probably a little more true than like the ghost is angry, <laughs> you know. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's a spooky but again (laughs) that pops up again again and again in a few different cultures there's um you know the noisy ghost poltergeist that comes originally from germany japan's got the hungry ghosts so yeah uh,
0: yeah again
3: you can make that it's one of those things (laughs) it's one of those things Mm. where if you tried hard you can make the argument for for another Area of the phenomenon, so it's one we can't say for for sure. But um there's modern examples too, though I think that kind of lead towards the egregore example, and I think Slender Man is one of oh, those. Top gosh. Ones. I think we might have touched on that last it's episode. The
2: old Slender. Well, actually, to be fair, we we skimmed over it so. For, for the listeners who may have heard the term, like, flesh it, flesh it, paint a vivid picture for us. So, so
3: Slender Man, he's very tall. He wears a nice suit. He has no face, just mm-hmm. a big white slate. Yes. Um, and depending on the depiction, he might have some spooky tentacles. Exactly. Like that. That's
2: usually how he's depicted.
3: Yep. And he was created entirely on the internet. We've <laughs> tracked his history right back to the original post. It was on Something Awful forums. Um, and it was like the idea was to come up with a new urban legend. Mm. Um, but years later, after there were several YouTube series and they were all done kind of Blair Witch style, is it real or fake? Yes, and I was a kid around this time and I, you know, was staying up late reading Slender Man stories and then walk into the bus the next morning before the sun's up and like, oh shit, is that slender man behind the tree. <laughs> like it was really, it was really an effective kind of, you know, parasite that hopped yeah. on to, to consciousness there. And, in the, um, I think it was Wisconsin. I believe there were two girls who stabbed one of their friends. Yes. In an attempt to sacrifice, mm-hmm. um, them to slender man and like join the the army or whatever um the what do they call it the surrogates something like something that slenderman has got minions it's, yeah. it's basically minions from the movie minions <laughs> <laughs> and they wanted to be one and so they try to kill this girl and there was this very you know popular news story you know not just in the u.s but uh abroad as well because of the the strangeness because yes. of the Slenderman, you know, aspect. And of course the, the, the one girl had some pretty hefty mental conditions uh, and, um, you know, not out there, but multiple personalities and stuff. And then yeah. they, you know, chalked up the other one to a, a folie de toit, You know, I, I, did I say that right? Yes, you did. Um, <laughs> where, you know, one dominant figure kind of, Tricks the other person into believing their, you know, fantasy world. It's whole psychology papers written about it, right? I'm sure there's several doctoral theses about that specific mm. stabbing, you know, out there already. Um, because it was again a super bizarre phenomenon, but it does kind of serve as an evidence to this concept that if an idea, w- when does something become real? You know, if we're talking about a fictional character, Superman, <laughs> is he real? Well, not in the sense flesh and blood like us, but there's real comic books. There's real movies. There's yeah. real clothing and costumes. There's exactly. real manifestations of this this figure. They don't come out. But oh, wait way a minute, Chaz. I, I think in
2: 2008, you had a president who said he was the son the son of him, um, K. L. Or whatever he's Oh name. yeah!
3: Oh God! Who knows? <laughs> there was, uh, you know, there was a whole political uh, the birth certificate, the whole thing.
2: Yeah, Mister. Ba- was he Barry uh, Sanders or some shit?
3: <laughs> the wildness, and then what? He's got a brother too, who's like a Donald Trump guy. And it's well, our politics are so fucking fucked over here it's not even worth mentioning
0: yeah he's wacky <laughs> uh, to say the least
3: vote, vote third party that's yeah. that's all yeah. i can say um it's not throwing your vote away at this point voting for any of the other two is yeah. throwing your vote away
0: <laughs>
2: totally or even let's do something like even more zany let's do it let's just not comply to all of this stupid stuff you know, yeah. let's just say, see you later, so, you gotta hey, go.
3: It, my my second plan, if the paranormal stuff doesn't work out, and so email me, listeners, if, if you want to <laughs> join up, is we're going to get a bunch of boats together, a bunch of guns, and we're going to go occupy Jeffrey Epstein's island. Oh, shit, and we're not yes. going to leave until everyone on that flight list is rounded up. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's my retirement plan. We'll, we'll just <laughs> Hang out on that fucker. For well, look, you're gonna have very, you're
2: gonna have very similar climate to to where you are now, matey. Yeah, I'm already
3: <laughs> adapted. <laughs> this is it. This is it. Uh, <laughs> we'll, I, we'll be the anarchist legion of the Americas, the sorry. Atlantic. Because you know, come across the pond, uh, come join up, <laughs> and don't
2: forget. um, You've got excellent infrastructure already built on the islands, and I think one or two islands away, there's a couple. It's a cluster of these islands. You've got Mm -hmm. Richard Branson's island there. You've got that. Um, I can never remember his name. The the, the Canadian clothes mogul who got done. I
3: don't know. (laughs) He got
2: done just before Jeffrey Epstein. He was on some weird stuff as well. I'll I'll see if I can get you the details after and shoot you a link because the. I'm surprised that many people don't know about it, but this guy looked like flipping Count Dracula. And he was yeah. real big, like 70s, 80s, 90s, early thousands. And he had a, a private island which he increased in size. He increased his island in size. That's a new kind
3: of rich, huh? You know what I mean? Fuck, <laughs> this beach could be about 200, maybe 300 feet longer. Get me some sand. This is
1: it. <laughs> I don't care crazy. what it costs. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the wow.
2: yeah, man. It's yeah. it's it's, it, but it's fun. The ride is fun. It's a bit bumpy, you know. I almost sort of um <laughs> draw a comparison in regards to you know the ro- roller coaster ride. You you queuing up for a bit, you know. Ah, oh, yeah, this is gonna be fun. This is, mm. and you get a bit closer. You get a bit closer. You get to the turnstiles. You get strapped in, and there's that weight you're going up yeah. and up With and your, off.
3: And they start up. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and then see that's, that's the first part of life. That's you as a youth kind of thing. And then once oh. the, that little lever goes and you shoot down, welcome to adulthood, welcome to the world, welcome to flipping mm-hmm. the zombie apocalypse and everything else that they're throwing at us, you know. And then at the yeah. end, trustfully, we'll get back to the same spot and we'll be like, yeah, that was a fucking interesting ride. <laughs>
3: Yeah, well, it, it, it feels that way. I hope we get back to the start. It's going to be really hard to be a professional paranormal investigator in a post apocalyptic world. <laughs> There's not going to be a lot of paying business like in well, barely any now. So, oh, man. <laughs> uh, well, saying that, I mean, tough.
2: <laughs> it's rough, of course because you're not sensationalizing and you're not, you know, you're being honest, and that's unfortunately, the 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 trap that many people fall for. we all have to eat and stuff. And mm-hmm.
0: unfortunately,
2: you have a, a a open and sometimes very gullible audience who will chew and eat up mm-hmm. absolutely anything thrown their way. They're like rapid dogs.
3: well, and you you have this issue here, especially when it comes to the like ghost hunting community which makes up a a good bulk of the the U.S. paranormal world, Mm -hmm. um, where most people just want to hear some kind of Bible shit babbled at them from, like, a a third party and, like, it'll make them feel better about, you know, the pipe that's leaking in their ceiling Mm -hmm. (laughs) or whatever the real source of that creak is. (laughs) You know? (laughs) And it, it really, it's... It's, um, you know, and it's backed up by television and shit too. There's always a, a pseudo Christian undertone to all of those ghost hunting shows. And it's because it helps it sell. And, you know, I get it. it you know, it's marketing or whatever,
0: mm-hmm.
3: but it totally takes out any attempt to be like scientific about it. You know, you can have as many fake little things you want, <laughs> devices mm-hmm. and whatever and, you know, I've got a few of them, so I know. it <laughs> looks you know, good for the
2: camera, chest. Right? Come on. I gotta,
3: yeah, i got to make content, too. You know, what, what am I doing here? It's fucking 2022. <laughs> but um, you can have as many of those as you want, but nothing if you're going to wrap up your investigation by saying do fucking three Hail Marys and the ghost it's gone. You're you're good. Then you know, it kind of throws out any attempts to be objective about these things. Again, it's a top down explanation. It's it's the same as going at the UFO phenomenon. From the exopolitics perspective, where you're like the reptiles are the bad ones, and the you know, you gotta watch out for those pesky grays. It's the same thing. It's you know, Jesus is the good guy, and you know, those ghosts are probably demons. They might be angels.
2: (laughs) (laughs) What evidence is there for either a reptilian race? And and actually, apparently, there's supposed to be multiple different types of this reptilian species. And then you've also got, as David Icke has coined, the shape-shifting reptilians. Mm-hmm. So like, where's the actual evidence for this phenomenon?
3: The, there's not really... So, well, let me say this. The evidence, as always, for most of this stuff, is comes right out of the anecdotes, the stories. Yes. And when you look at a lot of the stories, you do see these, these archetypes pop up, these humanoid reptiles the blonde people Mm -hmm. um there's the grays are the most common those you know your typical gray alien um there's also the tall whites which are just a taller gray alien um slightly lighter skin but you you have these archetypes that pop up again and again and so through the stories people start to build on these mythologies and these, you know, these things like this. It's kind of like the, if you follow any flat earthers, you've probably seen like the flat earth map Mm -hmm. and you've seen it over the last couple of years, get bigger and bigger. (laughs) And like all the other planets are just, more flat worlds beyond the ice wall of antarctica and the map just keeps getting bigger wow (laughs) is there and atlantis (laughs) is there oh you gotta look this up it's it's (laughs) hilarious you can watch the timeline of the map get bigger as the story gets more fun and interconnected and yeah it's like it's the same as being like really into lord of the rings or marvel really when you come down to it (laughs) <laughs> because yeah. they, this is really in-depth it, fantasy but, world, it,
2: but and it's also split that community down the middle. Because you say you do have a a, a a a section of the community who are saying and and you are you are right, 100 correct that that map is the the, the the solar system. How they're looking at it and how they portray <laughs> right. it is looking very different. But on the other side, you've got people who say that everything is enclosed so mm-hmm. there's a dome in essence and th- those oh, yeah. quote unquote, <laughs> stars and planets that we're seeing <laughs> those luminaires um aren't solid forms they're just light sources in essence well they'll even go as far as we, we we know they're not solid forms based upon us zooming in on them and stuff we can't explain what the hell they are
3: yeah because they're beyond the dome or no they're See, now there's different versions. Exactly.
2: <laughs> they're either beyond the it. dome or they're
0: in the or dome.
2: They're
3: in the dome and really kind of small and they just spin yeah. there. And there's all kinds of... It's Again, it's it's ludicrous. And that's kind of the point. I actually wrote an article um, a long time ago. I don't know if it even exists anywhere anymore. About how um, back in the 60s... It, it kind of tracked the history of the Flat Earth movement. hmm and there was a dude in the UK, actually, who was going originally back in like the 1800s. There was a dude named Parallax. Yeah, That's yeah, like, yeah, yes. I know was. Where yeah. Yeah, so yep. you know the history. And he <laughs> argued it and he would like smoke these professors and just because he was a good debater. And um, exact same way Donald Trump got to president. (laughs) He got skills. It works. It happens. Um, And there was later on, there was a guy who did it um, in the sometime in the 1900s. And they actually added him to the Royal uh, Astronomical Society because his thing was more like trying to prove that the stand, the scientific standard of evidence needed to be better. He was like, you know, we're we're making all of these bold assumptions about planets and stuff based off of what we're seeing through telescopes and yes. making all these calculations. Well, I just calculated to a scientific standard that the earth's flat. And it was kind of this thought experiment. Um, and then there was like a Canadian movie they showed kids, um, in Canada as like a free thinking exercise that the earth was flat, which seems very foolish in hindsight because <laughs> how many kids saw that and thought it was just real? Because I wasn't fucking paying attention in school, so <laughs> you know, you're just like, Oh, the earth's flat, huh?
0: Is it now? Okay,
3: <laughs> Oh, okay, cool, sure, whatever, back but, to whatever the but, fuck Chaz, you listen.
2: I, I, i'm gonna push back on you a little bit because okay. there is there is some some interesting the, the, and the information reference to the the, the the flat plane i don't I, I wouldn't necessarily based upon listening to a lot of lot of hours of, of information and speaking to people and, and just observing and just going back in my memory of being on planes being on the seaside mm-hmm. and stuff i don't necessarily think that we'll really on a on a ball like the show on the television and stuff i i think I think that's i don't when you think about it, you think about a ball, we're on a ball so when i when i like the the most simplistic thing for me is when we get on a plane, you've been on planes loads of times yeah just like myself oh yeah, so we if we were on a plane we would we would be especially for long long haul, not for short haul because the, the you know this this plane of existence mm. is huge. So on long haul, when you're on a plane for seven hours, you know, I, and I'm looking at the window for an hour, and all I'm seeing is a flat plane, quote unquote. Uh, the only time I see the nose tipping down is when we're going to land. I might go left, might go right, but I don't see like a, a constant sort of tipping, tipping just to go with the curve of the of the. Down yeah, hour. well,
3: you're <laughs> typically not high up enough, so I think the main issue i have and so first of all i want to state here for the record team hollow earth There we go know, is clearly it's not flat it's clearly a round ball that's hollow on the inside and it's filled with monsters all right and anyone <laughs> <believe otherwise laughs> is challenging my worldview <laughs> so anyway um i do i appreciate the thought experiment of the flat earth um, the end of my article was that the U.S. movement was started in the 60s by a really good occultist writer. He was an editor at Playboy. Um, it was um, Robert Anton Wilson. And he started this Discordian movement, which hailed Goddess Eris. Um, and it was this kind of spoof semi-religion semi-cult thing and the entire point was just to to kind of like fuck with people it was kind of like anonymous before anonymous
0: (laughs) and so they created
3: a bunch of fake organizations like the parent teacher organization for terrorism or like really wild stuff yeah yeah and they like you know send people letters and like nominations and shit and the flat earth society with the logo that they still use today and shit was one of these discordian psyops. And it was set up to like, they would induct members of like Congress and shit who would like pass biblical textbooks and whatnot. And they'd be like, congratulations, you have joined. The, we've made you an honorary member of the Flat Earth Society. And it's super weird how from the sixties and seventies it's been taken over by those people. And it's kind of this movement. As for my issue, why I don't believe the Flat Earth, it's very simple, logical issue for me. Mm-hmm. the 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 main argument is we have one side saying the 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 science and the math is wrong. okay. Yeah. I, I'm willing to believe that. Science has been wrong many a times. We live Indeed. in a very imperfect world from the errors of science. Yes, continue. What do you have to show for it? And what they have to show for it is a bunch of math. Okay. Well, I'm not a mathematician, but the other guys, the other side, <laughs> they are mathematicians and their math works. I mean, the horrors of science are rot because the math works. <laughs> we, you know, we don't have any of the social media, Facebook we don't have the dystopia we live in if mm. the math didn't work. <laughs> so you're asking me to believe your math as opposed to their math. And as a person, again, again, I'm not a mathematician. Of so course. I don't I'm gonna go with my most informed choice and it's the other guys. Sorry, flatter. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I get oh, I didn't. When we talk about numbers <laughs> though, when we talk about numbers 13, is it 13 miles square, isn't it? Is it 13 miles? What the hell was that thing again? That the the equation in regards to the curve. It's been such a long uh, time since I've done this
3: again. Not a math. Yeah, I can't, this is. I, it. I can't really argue the numbers, and <laughs> I do. I have seen. There's a, a great video where because the um the argument in the UK along for a long time was based on the Bedford Level experiment.
2: Exactly Bedford
3: Level. Yeah. Um, and there's a, a great video of this dude trying to recreate it. Flat Earther believes it 100. And, like, he's doing this with, like, a laser light. Yes. And so, you've yeah, you've probably seen this. And it's just, yeah, again, there, there was a curve. <laughs> the, the short end of the video was that his experiment failed horribly. Because we do have the technology now. We have lasers and shit where we can measure straight perfectly for an indefinite
2: yes.
3: distance. And, Indeed. yeah,
2: it's curved.
3: And then I I live on the coast, or not currently, but I I did for a long time. And, yeah, you see the top of the mast before you see the rest of the boat when it's sailing directly towards the coast. So it it works out. Again, the the ancient Greeks were able to calculate this with shadows. And they were pretty damn close to the calculations we have today with lasers. And so, again, the, the argument is a math-based one. And so until I'm shown some indisputable proof yeah, yeah. on the other side, and I'm going to have to trust the math guys. Mm. I know they're a bunch of nerds, not even likable nerds. They're the kind of nerds you want to swirly because mm. they're smug about it. But, you know, they are nerds. So I'm going to try, got to go with the math people on that one.
2: Revenge of the Nerds coming soon <laughs> to a theater near you.
3: <laughs> Part three,
2: exactly. <laughs> Along with Attack of the Killer Tomatoes, remember that?
3: <laughs> oh yeah, I liked Killer Clowns Invasion of the Killer Clowns. Was it? <laughs>
2: Jeez, that's that's memory lane, man. That's memory lane type stuff. That is. It's <laughs> <laughs> hey, so, going back to the movie stuff. Going back to the movie stuff. What's no, yeah. the yeah What's your what's what's some of your top your, your top movies your top horror flicks?
3: Uh, of recent times, ugh, it's a short yeah. list. Um, uh, I think *Hereditary* was really good. Um, you know, uh, Tony Collette she fucking acts the shit out of that one. Um, mm. my girlfriend can't watch that movie because the that scene like gives her a panic attack where she's crying about her dead kid and shit. Mm. Tough one, brutal one um there was a good german one in the violent variety do you ever see the golden glove no
2: i don't think i've come across that one
3: um that one's a good one it's a um hold on i gotta plug in this computer real quick no bugs (laughs) shit i'm gonna put you down (laughs) oh um this german one from a couple years ago it was called the golden glove um and it's a, a about a real serial killer i think i think he was a real dude and it is woof. it's brutal it's like it's mm-hmm. one if you like a, a violent movie then it's it's definitely up your alley
2: so I get that. Um, that sounds more like a crime slasher type thing, or is that? Yeah, well, res- it,
3: it follows his perspective, so it's and it's super gory and harsh. Like it's, okay. it's a rough one. Um, like a- they don't pull any. There's, there's no like cutaways from the violence or anything like that. And so it's a-
2: akin to your hostels and your spit on your grave fame.
3: Yeah, it's definitely in that that level of violence, but okay. it's it's a pretty real depiction. Like it's it's pretty it's a fucked up one. I think mm. uh, if you like those kind of movies, that's a good recommendation. Okay.
2: okay. Golden Glove Yeah. And let's go classic then let's go classic because there's, there's a lot more to, uh, to to pick from here.
3: Well I'm a big fan of I like um I like some of the like classic cosmic horrors. I love Alien Oh big fan of The, the oh, whole I franchise. I even love the shitty ones, fucking fighting predator and shit. Oh yeah, um, Alien vs. the Peter. original one. Yeah, yeah. I can still um, get that. The thing, the thing might be I might even rank higher than Alien. It's That's a, definitely.
2: A <laughs> Which one, the remake or the original eighty four or eighty six? Was it?
3: Um. So the the eighties one was actually not the original one. I believe there was one before. For that okay like a black and white one but yeah the 80 the kurt russell man kurt yeah.
0: russell yes
3: it, it, the inspiration the whole look it's yeah always... man he killed it <laughs> I'm, i want to be him <laughs> you know so any kurt russell movie you can throw on my fucking list um but the thing's definitely number
0: one yeah, 100% uh... would agree
2: and the, re- <laughs> the reboot was good as well i really enjoyed the reboots
3: mm-hmm. oh i also like her from that one too um Mary Elizabeth Winstead she's, okay. she's, she's a good actress yes um, Fargo if you've ever seen that TV yes, show yes indeed mm, great one mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah no, I know that uh, love the thing um, trying to think maybe, I'm not too big on like the original slashers uh, I'm not too heavy on any of those I like. we were talking about this earlier I like the Saw movies. yes um all of those i love the crazy plot line i like to watch them in order yes of up. course yes yes
0: 100 100
2: percent. you
3: gotta do it yeah
2: that's the only way to do it it's the only way to do it mm-hmm. how about how about let's go back i think this is 90s evil dead bruce campbell oh uh,
3: yes of course um <laughs> all of the evil dead shit evil dead and evil dead 2 evil
0: dead
3: Most 2 of yes <laughs> Both evil, of them. evil dead re- did, you, did you ever watch evil dead 3 yeah army of darkness <laughs> um a classic i have the comic book of <laughs> army of darkness um yeah i remember i have an early childhood memory and this probably explains a lot actually um it, the red eyes under the bed number one this might be number two I remember staying at a friend's, my parents' friend's house when I was a kid, and we found a VHS of Evil Dead 2 oh, in a shit. closet, and we're like, all right, well, let's fucking watch this, <laughs> and we put it in the old VHS machine, and
0: blood
2: yeah, everywhere,
3: uh-huh. yeah, no, it was a formative memory,
2: <laughs> I can imagine, I can, oh, oh, I didn't, so how did you sleep after watching that? You would have been I never
3: had any issues. My I had two brothers, and they would get freaked out sometimes, but I never had really any issues. Um, I've I've only had I've had two nightmares, like just like real like wake up ah, nightmares in my life. Um, one of them. It was a car accident one. No detail yeah, necessary. Yeah, yeah. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. I just remember being in the car and we were like way too high up in the air and then we were coming down and that, that <laughs> sensation like yeah. woke me up, you know? Uh, very realistic. And then the other one was more paranormal, so we'll get into that. <laughs> it was, um, <clears throat> I was, I was like at a, it was like a booth you know like those Mm -hmm. like Japanese karaoke okay yeah 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 it was kind of like that but a little bit like bigger and I was sitting there and I was talking to I was talking to someone I don't remember who it was um but I remember like when we went there I was being told this story so if anyone knows of this story happening in japan let me know or korea or whatever karaoke bar is at i remember we were there and as i do i like to travel to haunted places anytime i'm traveling i'm going to wherever there's a weird story the story (laughs) was that there was this woman with no legs like this apparition who appears in this place and um we were like sitting having drinks and it was super realistic it was like one of those almost lucid dreams wow where it really felt like I was there car accident one the same only I've had good lucid dreams but those are the only two like real nightmares vivid I've that
2: had. you can read yeah yeah Yeah,
3: vivid. I mean like once a week I get like the nightmare like oh I'm failing my classes <laughs> you know <laughs> like, oh, I, I just forgot my backpack and- so, not counting that shit. These were the two. So when we were sitting there at a table, we had a couple beers and we were hanging out in this booth. And the waitress comes in and drops off a couple drinks, and then she goes out, and then I see this fucking terrible looking ghost woman. She's in this red, like top, no legs, and like she like, she's floating down the hallway and she turns. I had that thing where you, like, really try to scream and, like, you know, uh, talk. And the yeah. person sitting across me, she's just, like, eating her food and, like, you know, like, she can't. And I'm, like, what the, like, turn around. Like, it's coming, like, right at us. And it slowly floated into the room. And, like, yeah, I remember, like, fucking passing out and blacking out. And then I woke up. <laughs> and it really, it felt like I, again, it was one of those dreams where, like, fuck, man, that was weird. <laughs> Uh, I felt like I was there. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so you so, kind of almost well, are you describing just like a sleep paralysis type situation?
3: No, it was it was more of a classic nightmare because okay. like I definitely woke up like okay. it was like like I woke up I woke up screaming, but like I you know like sat up in bed. I woke up. I I wasn't you know in that where you wake up and you're stuck and yeah. you know she was there. No, it was it was all inside my my head. <sighs> um but you know now it's actually the opposite of the car dream because the car dream very specifically i was sitting in the back right seat and i remember it was there were three other people all the seats were filled in the car it was yeah. a sedan so now i'm very careful not to sit in that back <laughs> if there's other people in the car like i'll sit on the left <laughs> or like you know so i kind of avoid that one yes um but i'm the opposite for that dream where like yeah i was fucking terrified super realistic yeah that's a real karaoke bar i'm moving there i want to
2: i'm gonna live
3: there till i have that experience
2: no (laughs) i'm thinking i'm thinking and you can you can back me up or or deny it could you have been astral projecting
3: yeah. so i I think I had some experiences when I was younger that were more akin to astral projection because it uh, again, looking back at that dream, like it it feels more like a dream. I don't remember like what happened before it, or but you know, that's like, the thing
2: though kind of this is the thing, I don't think, well, unless you master the arts of yeah. astral projecting, i don't I think it is for me at least the explanation is when you have those very very vivid dreams and sometimes you mm. it's not when you wake up you could just be like driving along somewhere or all of a sudden the information will just hit you like that's what you dreamt about this is what and it would yeah. only be a
3: snippet oh, yeah. of the information kind of thing mm. Mm. um yeah well i was gonna say in this instance um it could maybe it was some kind of astral realm or whatever but yeah. the fact i was interacting with the person across from me and with like the wait staff like it was more like a scene you know uh, in a movie almost where like i was just kind of like acting out a
0: and it, use it a director as well
3: dreamlike. yeah i hope it was a prophetic dream i'm hoping that's like the time i actually you know get one of them i get my spooky
0: <laughs> you're spooky uh, on can
3: <laughs> uh, okay, you know, fucking ghost buster vacuum sucker into a bag or whatever (laughs) (laughs) Um, so yeah it's it's one of those instances um, when I was a kid I remember having these dreams where like I was like gliding just above the ground and um, I remember like I could like touch the ground and I would get like a speed boost and like I would glide a little bit faster Mm. and so it was almost like like I was like leaping like an ant like a gazelle and just like yes, for yes, a while yeah. and then I would leap Jump and back. then I remember trying to in the morning like waking up and it was so realistic I woke up in the morning and I was like wow like I went outside and tried to do it <laughs> face planted in the fucking cement because I can't fucking fly and it was so real that like I I thought like oh cool I, I that's just something I can do. Yeah, you
2: know? that's the wonders of youth.
3: Uh-huh, you've got all of that uh-huh.
2: imagination and you, you know, you may be tapping into some things as well, but then you actually go out. I couldn't even tell you the amount of fucking wacky shit I did as a, as a child.
3: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's because you're tripping all the time. <laughs>
2: yeah. Well, isn't, isn't that a, 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 a bi- biological fact in regards to the the release of that 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 chemical in the brain as, as a youth it's more um readily available and the older we get it's not secreted as much
3: I can't yeah think. absolutely and again if when you objectively look at paranormal phenomenon and the research and stuff there seems to be a sweet spot where specifically in poltergeist cases um, but kids across all ages yeah. experience weird paranormal yes. phenomenon. Again, right around that preteen teen mm. uh, age mm-hmm. um, where, again, reality isn't as solid as it is when you're, you know, 19, 20. Um, it's still very unsolid at that point. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> at 25 here, it's pretty wonky still. So you never know. <laughs> but it it does seem to be a sweet spot where um this phenomenon seems to again bleed over from just happening internally to happening externally to manifesting in weird ways in poltergeist shit where yeah. you know, shit starts breaking and moving but again in all of the best documented cases there seems to be typically a girl but not always but a young kid at the center <clears throat> of the, the haunting, if you will. Carol hey, lamb, Stay <laughs> away from the lights! <laughs> They're here! <laughs> yeah, everyone knows it. We all know it. It's yeah, in our media. You know,
2: because <laughs> that shit fucked me up as a child watching that.
3: Poltergeist? Poltergeist. Yeah, That was That, that was, was another scary. one the uh, original one too i remember seeing that as a kid and being pretty freaked out when the tree ate that kid yes i was the same age and <laughs> for whatever reason well i empathized with that character <laughs> and then that
2: creepy old man was that in two or in one i think that one was two
3: Three. Didn't the little girl die during the filming of three? Unfortunately,
2: she was there. Yeah. Was some crazy stories that came like out about internal her.
3: bleeding, or yeah. something. Yeah.
2: And, I mean. Correct me if I'm wrong, uh, listeners and commenters, but I'm sure there was something that she was abused, or something.
3: Yeah, I know there's always been because. It was, I think it was an infection like related to some internal bleeding or exactly, something like that. Exactly, which so is So there's nice. always been that speculation mm-hmm. that like, well, why would she have that? And they, I think they said some kind of medical condition, but there's an argument, you know. Yeah,
2: it's Dutch. It's dodge. right?
3: Yeah, some Hollywood shit going on there. Typical.
2: Yeah, typical, typical Holly yeah. weird mm-hmm. stuff. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. as as we wind this down, sir, as we wind this down, let's get into your 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 um, prolific book writing. Um, how 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 and what made you write the first book?
3: Um, so yeah, that was the the friendship case. Um, that was one where. Um, You know, we were talking earlier about these psychedelic ideas, and Mm -hmm. I think we got into it more on the the first episode, but it was a place where um, down in Patagonia, there's this case, this weird UFO case. People have been interacting with this group of blonde Pleiadians, if that's (laughs) the the terminology you want to use, for decades and, you know, have these very real interactions. And it was this kind of perfect case to investigate various different angles um from the psychedelic angle and I did some crazy experiments down there. Um but also the Pray tell pray tell what crazy experiments did you do? Well if you want all the details, I hate to do it to you, but I'm gonna say pick up the book. But needless to say, I at one point wound up shipwrecked while I was tripping on LSD. So it was it was an adventure. Yeah. um, to put it simply. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, um, yeah, it was a super weird case, right? There's the human explanation, which is a little Nazi-ish, you know, tall, blonde, you know, scientist we yes. with weird technology. Of course, there's that explanation. And I went to some former Nazi compounds and some grave sites of SS officers to research that which was a strange, strange experience. Yeah. Um, I mean, again, not
2: many people know that that there's a huge community, communities mm
3: -hmm. down
2: in South America. Argentina is a big place for them as well.
3: And they have, there's these towns that are like German themed towns and that's not that strange. We still have German-speaking communities here in the U.S. But for whatever reason, the G- German uh, immigrants <laughs> in the 1900s, they found an empty place. Exactly. And they just insulated. Yeah. <laughs> well, who, I say, for some reason. <laughs> like, we can't <laughs> figure out the fucking reason. But... There's very much those communities um, throughout Chile and Argentina and mm-hmm. even in Brazil they have yes. a few. Um, and yeah, they they kind of had this you know rotating policy where if you were one of the really famous Nazis, you kind of like hop from town to town and like yeah. stay in a place for a few months and then mm-hmm. another place because if you stay too long, those Bastard agents would nab you up. <laughs> Um, so that was another explanation. And of course I did, I looked into the traditional UFO explanation and, um, you know, traveling down to Chile and, uh, talking to people. Chile has a really big UFO culture. Yes. they're really, you know, they're like, oh, yeah, they're here. They're visiting Chile in particular. We got them all up and down. The, but there's the a lot of county. video
2: footage of not just, like, one craft, apparently. It's, like,
3: hundreds, like, those. Yeah. Um, Yeah. The Ch- Chile before, so the U.S. now has our, our tip, our Advanced Aerospace Threat Investigation Program, <laughs> where they're, you know supposedly keeping these ufo videos and they're supposed to be sharing them with us but i have an in that informs me they are certainly withholding some of the best evidence of course um but the chile has a open and above board public ufo office like Mm. it's paid for by the tax dollars yeah and like people no one no one's campaigning to shut it down like they're like yeah we need to look into this shit because people are seeing them all the fucking time down there.
0: exactly yeah
3: and it's yeah it's it's part of the culture they they readily believe in it and so most people you ask believe that extraterrestrial explanation even with the friendship case they're like oh no they're definitely aliens like which we got aliens all up and down this bitch. <laughs> <laughs> aliens here, aliens there, man. We got aliens all over. They
2: are aware, man. They are Ooh. aware. Um, so based upon your craziest ventures, all of the information you were like, there's no point in me sitting on this. I, I, I need to put this put this in, in a book format, I take it.
3: Yeah, Almost- you know, I actually released um, a lot of the first stages of it in podcast form a five part documentary podcast ah. um you can still listen to it on my website uh chas of the um but i had so much shit still and yeah. content and i was like well I've, I've already written all these scripts like how hard would it be to turn into a book and it turns mm-hmm. out very hard i ended up with writing twice the amount i had from the podcast mm-hmm. um and yeah i kind of self-published it. Didn't really expect anyone to read it, but it took off. Um, Some podcasts talked about it. And next thing I knew I was doing interviews and um, Eh? now I've got the next book coming out uh, at the end of the summer here um, in August. So when is this dropping? I've got it coming out now. <laughs> and
2: this well, no, it, it will coincide. Actually, when when oh, when, when in August does it come in?
3: Um, I'm not exactly sure yet. We're waiting on some. We'll tie it up Cover then. art.
2: We'll tie it up so we'll make sure that this will coincide, or we'll drop it just before it's gonna really re- be released.
3: Perfect. Well, then that one. I'll- Buy it now, listeners. Um, It's a place between time and space, a true story of UFOs, ghosts, and Florida's strangest home. Um, So this has kind of been my project lately while I've been homebound in Florida. And it's a re-examination of the Betts case. Um, The Betts family found a big metal sphere um, on an island north of Jacksonville, um, where they took it to their famously haunted home. And a few weeks later, it started to move around. And at the time, it was a very popular UFO story. J. Allen um famous ufologist, father of the field, um, he looked into it. He actually stayed at the home. Um, they brought it to him at a lab. Um, the Navy looked into it. They have a base right across from um where this island's at. Um, and they researched the ball and at the end of this month-long saga of this moving sphere, the Jerry Betts, the matriarch of the family, she believed someone had fucked with the ball. Someone had that she wouldn't use those words. Yes. She's a very powerful, <laughs> elegant businesswoman. She's Indeed. A great character. Um my words someone fucked with the ball <laughs> where someone had had changed it and it didn't behave the same. Um maybe swapped out, maybe something else. Mm. Um and it's kind of a mystery as to what happened to it. Well, I went in um first I found the house which it's on government land. It's you got to I, I did some illegal investigations. I'm going to say it. I did it. Um it it's, it is what it is. Um, and this house is phenomenal. It's a it's a castle, really. It's this Trudor style. Okay, got a a tower. It looks so out of place in Florida, and it's built onto a hill, which again is out of place in Florida. It's the tallest point in Duval County. This house is is built on. It's literally the house on Haunted Hill, and this island. It has centuries of history and weird stories. It was a plantation um, where there was this st- the old uh, legend of old red eyes, where this demonic mm. pair of red eyes from a supposed slave who was a serial killer, and then he was killed by the other slaves. And wow. so a lot of research. What's into that the
2: story. name of the island? Fort
3: George Island. Fort George Island. It's Kingsley's Plantation. Um, it's also where Jean Ribault, the French explorer, first landed in North America. And it's the location where the first Protestant prayer was prayed in North America, um, which would turn out to be the start of a very long genocide <laughs> for the Native Americans who were already living on that island. Um, so it's this continuously occupied land for thousands of years. Really strange, you know, stories of course as a side effect of human inhabitation
0: yeah um
3: and so there's this whole haunted element that in the 70s when this case occurred no one was discussing you know no one connected oh it's a metal ball it must be a ufo um but let's not dismiss that either because the naval station right there at mayport who investigated the sphere, mm-hmm. they had two prior UFO incidents. And again, in the 70s, this wasn't known. There, there was no records of this. None of the investigators at the time knew this information. That the reason Naval, Mayport Naval Station was like, well, look at that sphere. was Because <laughs> they had fucking experience. <laughs> they had been buzzed by UFOs twice in the 50s. And um, interestingly enough, those famous navy ufo videos um two of them they were filmed by um the roosevelt by air teams from the roosevelt uh, aircraft carrier which was stationed outside of jacksonville outside of naval mayport station and one of those videos there's the famous um gimbal which is the rotating saucer looking guy but the other one's the go fast and it shows this big metal sphere hauling ass across the ocean Mm -hmm. and we can't be sure the direction it's heading but when where that video is being filmed is miles only a few miles from fort george island Okay, filmed at that piece of of ocean yeah right outside the island where again in the 70s they found a metal sphere that moved on its own so it's this
2: what, what was the size of this sphere
3: um it was a little bigger than a bowling ball. Um oh. and it seemed to be hollow on the inside, but it had these pieces. They would shake it and they could hear these things moving around on the inside and they moved in a weird manner. Um and yeah, so they originally thought it was a cannonball or something, you know, of historical significance cuz the the island they lived on, you mm-hmm. know, had has all this history. Um and so they brought it home and one son, Terry, was playing guitar in his room. It sat in his room for two weeks, you know, as just the Metal Sphere. And when the son started playing the guitar, it started to vibrate. The, and, like, let out the Yeah. Let out this high-pitched whir. And soon it started to move around. And move around in, like, this intelligent way. Like, it was... Not like, random. Yeah, it would follow people across the room um one witness uh radio show host he went to investigate um and he saw it they were talking about it It was sitting in the middle of the table and they were he was wanting to get more pictures of the house because again this house is bizarre it's this weird castle like structure in the middle of a florida swamp um and he was like well let's go out back and and take pictures of the uh house from from this angle And as they were leaving out through the back door, the ball rolled from the center of the table to the edge and like dangled off the edge. Gravity finding way. And it was he was like, it was like saying, Hey, don't forget me. Like I want to go outside, take a a dog or a cat, (laughs) you know, like, oh, I wanna go. Uh, And it kind of had this this intelligent interestingly the dog of the family hated it it would like whine and whimper if it was held close to the sphere and this was recorded by local you know news TV the dog freaking out next to it Um, so it's this really interesting case and I think um, I've uh, it was it was uh, initially just you know. Kind of this one-off location. I just wanted to visit, mm-hmm. um, and then once I did, it's one of those. It's one of those locations where you instantly.
0: Yeah, I got to go, yeah. like,
3: Oh, this is fucking weird. Mm. There's maybe two, three other places where I've been where I've been like, this is a fucking weird one. Like this, <laughs> this makes me uneasy. I don't know why, but like you know, most of the time it's some hotel or like some park. And you're like, yeah, oh, it's, you know, spooky, graveyard, cool, all right. But all right. every once in a while, you go to a place and you're like, no, this is fucking Some, weird.
0: Yeah, Something yeah. in the
3: air is is off here. And so I, I continued to sneak into the house to do investigations. So if you want to know how that went, get the book, A Place Between Time and Space. Um, and what really inspired me to write it was the house itself, um, in addition to the book i've also started a petition to get the house recognized as a historic landmark and hopefully preserved um, because it is it's again a wild structure it's got all kinds of shifting levels these really bizarre rooms and places that it shouldn't have rooms it's Mm. um very strange it it was built by a famous architect which on that um basis alone should be enough to get it recognized um, you don't even have to include the haunted slash element
2: of it. Yeah, yeah.
3: Ghosts, UFO stuff, irrelevant. The yeah. the structure itself is worth saving just for its its flat out uniqueness.
2: And, and um, that was built what 70s, 60s, or?
3: Um, so no, this was built in the 30s. It Ooh. was built for the Neff family, who all died in tragic ways mm. before they were ever able to move in. Um, two of the father. And a son, they killed themselves in these kind of spooky ways. Um, the mother died in this mysterious fire. And so no one, the, the house sat empty the, uh, after the, uh, short after its building completion. depression yeah. hit. Uh, <laughs> the Great Depression hit. So <laughs> it sat empty until Jerry Betts moved in. So it sat empty for near 40 years, more than 40 years. Uh <laughs> And this again, Jerry Betts is such a, a such a unique, crazy character. She's really an inspiration. Check out the podcast Oddball by Lindsay Kilbride. Um, I think she does a good um you know she's a, a normal journalist so she reports mm-hmm. on the story from yeah. a journalistic point standpoint. of standpoint
0: yeah, yeah yeah it
3: doesn't get as crazy as my ufo indeed and and shit, but yeah. it's a good look at the case in all the the details the
2: detail of it yeah, um, yeah
3: yeah who saw what and all kinds of stuff like that um But yeah, and it really gets into the character of Jerry Batts, a very impressive woman. She ran for uh, state Congress and she had a trucking and real estate company, again, in the 70s where, you know, being a woman was pretty tough already. And she (laughs) was, you know, this enterprising kind of real powerful figure where this UFO sphere is just a footnote in what was a, a very impressive life. She sells paintings. So you can go to her website and buy a painting. Excellent. Um, they're, they're, so mad, so just
2: cool. how can people get hold of this book?
3: Um, so we'll be selling it um, through Amazon and as well through paranormalitymag.com. Um, Paranormality Magazine is publishing it for me. Um, and we'll be getting you a better price than that bastard. Yeah. Bezos, Bezos. Mm-hmm. and you can get a, a direct copyright from us over at paranormalitymag Um, the links will be in the description.
0: As you and
3: know, and even if you don't want a book, if you found any of this stuff interesting, if you love weird stories and history, please sign the petition to save the bets House. If it's yeah. the only thing you you do today, um, make it that. Um, because again, it's a it's a house that the longer we have it. Mm-hmm. The more weird shit will happen. And I I think that's true, and I think we should save that for for future generations. It should it's be a, should Be a museum.
2: Totally, it's part of history. We we, we can't mm-hmm. deny history. History is what it is, and and it, as you say, it, it it represents a a stamp of in time, um, which also Absolutely. has some interesting stories to go along with it so as you say it can just be preserved for the monument it is and the mm-hmm. people who have the interesting stories can also add that part to it as well
3: yeah you know i think it's uh um and america has so few castles <laughs> You know, mm, we mm. we got to save them and lean in. I know it might not technically be a fucking castle, but it's, <laughs> it's got a tower. It's got, it's got turrets, turrets, yes. <laughs> yeah. It's, the, the, the tower, it's, gonna, it's the cover of the book. The tower is, it's, like I said, man, it's a fucking castle. When you look at it, you're like, oh, shit, that should be in Bavaria.
1: Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's <laughs> it's totally our place for in
3: here. The Florida swamp. Yeah. And yeah. So, we're, we got to save our the few castles we got man so agreed. agreed. Please, please sign the petition um and if you live in the jacksonville area call your congressman call your legislators let mm-hmm. them know the Bets house needs to be saved
2: agreed i approve that message make sure you go over there like comment subscribe check out the website i know you'll be interested in the book get the first copy pre-order or obviously by the time this come out the next day it should be available so get the orders going you're going to do signed copies to take it right if you're going to go yep. to yeah
3: copies um from the <laughs> website paranormality mag check it out
2: this is it support tell a friend to tell a friend to tell another friend hell yeah Thanks for taking the time to tune into CFR Network. If you enjoyed the content, don't forget to like, comment, subscribe,